How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, last night, we watched the Celtics 76ers game. We watched that series come to an end, so definitely led us on down the path. I got Kobe back here in the studio with me. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. Got some exciting stuff coming at you today, and look forward to sharing it. Yeah, today is uh, May 10th, 2018. It's uh, Thursday here in Kennesaw, Georgia, so let's get down to it. So the game last night had us thinking, you know, who's the coach of the year and who you got, Kobe? Well, after a Watching the games last night, uh, or the Celtics game, I got I think Brad Stevens, the coach of the year. I mean, he's just doing some remarkable things out there in Boston. I've always liked liked the guy, even when he was out in Butler and he got he brought home that national championship or didn't bring home the national championship, but took the team to the national championship. You know, broke the record for most wins in Butler history, and then he came out out to uh, Boston and he's been doing some big things. I got some stats here. I mean, he lost Gordon Hayward five minutes in the year. He Irving was missed for 22 games in all the postseason. Smart and Morris each missed 28 games, and they still finished with a 55 and 27 record and the top-ranked NBA defense. So I think that's a testament to the coaching and how well of a job he's done in Boston because, you know, he's had little to play with, and, you know, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, so y'all, I definitely think Stevens did a good job there, but I just can't pick him as coach of the year. So y'all know me. I'm all about offense. I like shooting threes, playing fast and running. So I got to go with Mike D'Antoni as coach of the year. I just think the system he has in Houston just keeps getting better and better. I mean, he took two ball-dominant players in Harden and Paul, put them together on the same team, something that even I was skeptical of if it could work or not, made it work like a charm. I mean, this team was clicking on all cylinders all season long. They had two stretches, one where they won 20 out of 21 games in a row, and then another where they won 24 out of 26 and ended the year 65 and 17 in a tough Western Conference, which is the best record in the NBA. I just feel like they dominated a conference where you have nine teams that are over 500. So I just feel like that that in and of itself, the way that he dominated the Western Conference makes him coach of the year. Yeah, I do. I like D'Antoni and what he does out there in Houston. I think the biggest thing we'll see here is the series with the Warriors. And if he can really take them down, I mean, that that's a testament to him and saying how good of a coach he is because he's about to take down four all-stars and probably the best team in NBA history. So if he does that, I think he would have a nod. But Brad Stevens over this whole year, I, I just like him because – you know, D'Antoni has Harden, Paul. He has a, I think he has a way better team, and I like what he's doing out there. But at the same time, I mean, a 55 and 27 record for the Celtics without you know Irving and Hayward is it's unbelievable to me. They uh, came out and pretty much dominated the series with the uh, the Sixers. He's done a great job. You know, he's got home court against the Cavs, and I think if he can take down LeBron too, kind of the same thing over in the East. If Stevens can take down LeBron, then I think, you know, he – he'll really get the nod for head coach of the year. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like how it is with the MVP race. I think LeBron's the best player in the league, but I think James Harden's the MVP. I think Dan, or I think uh, Stevens is the best coach in the NBA. Him and Pop probably right there neck and neck, one and two, but I just feel like D'Antoni's team had the better season, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like you can't fault him for having the better team. I feel like the Celtics kind of have like a low-key Warriors team if they have mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward and uh, Kyrie Irving in there, just because if you look at that roster, I mean, you got Markeith Morris, Terry Rozier, 
Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, or Tatum off the bench. I mean, that team is just stacked from top to bottom. The minutes they've been getting out of Aaron Baines, him and Horford together, I mean, that team's pretty stacked top to bottom, and not to forget about Kyrie Irving and a lot of the other pieces they have. I mean, the Rockets, the same thing. I just feel like D'Antoni has all these 3 and D players. It's the best, like, 3 and D matchup of players I've ever seen with, like, P.J. Tucker, Ariza, uh, Eric Gordon, all of them just hardcore 3 and D players, which is what they do. They just let Paul and Harden go to work, and then they run that pick and roll like D'Antoni made his basically a name for himself in Phoenix with, and they have Capella, a guy. I just feel like all their players in their system are the perfect players for their system, and Obviously, Harden and Paul just take it to the next level with what they can do. Dan Tony's always been a guy where he's been ball dominant with the point guard, but I mean, he had the second best offense in the league behind uh, Golden State. They score like 0.7 more points per game. They were scoring uh, 112.5, and Golden State was scoring like 113 point something. And then on top of that, they have the sixth overall defense to go with it. So Dan Tony has good defensive matchups too. Like he loves switching every single pick. I feel like he forces hard mismatches, or he'll f- switch a pick real quick, and you'll have Chris Paul. I'll run out there and swipe the ball from you and go the other way. Yeah, for sure. D'Antoni definitely does a great job with that. I just go back to it was actually game three for the Celtics against the Sixers, and they, the Celtics had just called a timeout, and the Celtics were actually down by one at the time. And you know, Brad Stevens had to draw up a play, and this is one of my favorite plays that he's I've drawn up all season. I thought it was a great call um, in Philadelphia. Kind of got Horford pinning. Um, what's his name on the Celtics? I forget. I forget. Not the Celtics, but the Sixers. I forget his Embiid. name. Yeah, he was. He pinned Embiid, and uh, Tatum threw the ball in from out of bounds, and kind of got a one-on-one situation. And Horford had a layup, and it, he just cleared out the whole, you know, the whole paint for Horford yeah. to do his thing. And I just thought that play call right there was amazing and a testament, you know, that Brad Stevens. He, I mean, he knows what he's doing. The mm-hmm. guy, he's been coaching for years and you know I think he's got it he's a force to be reckoned with in the coming years as well yeah no I definitely agree with that the Celtics are coming hard I think they'll probably win the East no doubt about it next year if they keep everybody mm-hmm. healthy or I mean even if they can't they're still gonna have a good shot with Stevens back there running things I definitely love how Stevens noticed how Embiid does not pass well out of double teams and mm-hmm. doubled him a lot last night and that led to Embiid making a lot of mistakes Turnovers. forced him into bad situations like Dario Saric ISO and the most critical point of your season that literally made no sense to me at all mm-hmm. Brett Brown didn't know what he's doing there that much but I mean I definitely agree with you that he's that he makes the plays I just feel like like I said Dan Tony with that stacked up Western Conference mm-hmm. the way he ran through and dominated I mean he basically dominated the whole NBA if you have two 20 plus game stretches where you're only losing like one or two games yeah. I just feel like you're just dominating the NBA so much yeah, for sure. We'll see uh, what what happens here in the next couple of weeks and oh, see yeah. who gets it. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely kind of wish they did the awards at the end of the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they are based off the regular season, yeah. so it is what it is. But let's move on from there, stay on the kind of the Brad Stevens topic, and we'll go to Cavs Cel- uh, Celtics right here in the Western Conference Finals. We'll pick the matchup right here at the end of the segment. But so so my uh, starting point here for this uh, topic of conversation, you know, I'm definitely thinking Cleveland's got a good chance here. I've been crunching the stats all day looking to see how they look but honestly these teams play pretty much identically they have about the same playoff stats they've been hitting threes at the same rate they've been having about the same amount of possession shots per game I mean it's basically everything scoring and defense wise are about the same and I feel like that favors Cleveland because you need LeBron out there on the floor we've seen I mean obviously his role players have stepped up I know you have lots of stats for us about the role players and how they've stepped up and stepped their game up which has made Cleveland actually look like a team because I mean they looked awful against the Pacers at points in time but it's really 
really just that they need LeBron out there on the court, so this slow pace keeps him out there, and that's not going to favor them. It's, they want the half-court game like they could get against the Pacers, and they pretty much enforce their own pace on the Raptors because the Raptors are whack. But LeBron's averaging 34-9-9. and I mean, what more is there to say? LeBron's a beast. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we all know that LeBron's not going to be stopped. The real question, I think, is how can the Celtics slow down the supporting cast of LeBron and how you know they can kind of control them because basically I don't know if LeBron can win this series by himself if you know Love and Smith and Corver aren't you know playing their A game. That's why I think we saw how well they did against the Raptors is they had guys like Kevin Love in Game Two who had 31 and 10. Game One, Tristan Thompson had 14 and 12. Just got guys on the bench stepping up. Corver shooting 46 from three. Jr. shooting 41. I mean, if you have guys. Along with LeBron averaging 34 9 and 9, you're going to see what we did, which was a sweep of the Raptors. But I do, I do like the Celtics t- here as well. Um, they got home home court, which is really big, and you know they got those young guys, Tatum, Rozier, are both averaging 18. Jalen Brown shooting 41 from three, and they just got a bunch of guys who are just ready and I think hungry to take down the king. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. They got tons of young guys. I mean, Jason Tatum from a Celtics thing, he's the youngest player in the NBA with under the age of 21 with uh, eight or more 20-point games. There was six. I forget who it was, but somebody had six. Now he broke the record at here at eight. Um, Jalen Brown's breaking all these Celtics young player records. I mean, these guys are absolutely balling. Jalen Brown's shooting 41% from three. I mean, these young guys aren't anything to be ignored. Scary Terry as well has been balling out. Horford, him Baines, Aaron Baines has more three-pointers this series than he has in an entire NBA career. So, I mean, that's wow. another crazy stat for you right there. Since when could this yeah, guy... Think about that. Yeah, shoot. He just instantly shot three-pointers somehow. But yeah. I really do think that Cleveland is need, needed the home court advantage in this, but I still like the Cavs in six. I just feel like that the Cavs are going to... The game's at their pace. I just feel like it's LeBron's year. It's LeBron's league, and he's going to get to the finals. Um, once again, I just, I just don't think Celtics can stand in front of him that much without Irving. I really wish Irving was there because it'd be yeah. crazy to watch Irving and LeBron go head to head at it with each other. Yeah, I, I, w- I wish Irving was out there too, along with Hayward. I think if you know the Celtics had Irving and Hayward, LeBron might be in a little bit of trouble. But we're, we'll see how it ends up. I think I agree with you. I think I think the uh, Cavs are going to win six because you know I think they'll take one of the first two games on the road probably and l- win every game at home because I just don't see the Cavs losing at home honestly. Um, yeah, I think, I think they've that, lost one game all all postseason at home. Yeah, the Pacers sure. beat them yeah. one game. I think one it was game. game one at home, mm-hmm. and that's and ever it. since then they've they've won each every game after that. Yeah, another thing I think too that really favors the Cavs is the fact that the Celtics don't have like a true rim defender. I yeah. mean, we watched Baines get dunked on like three times mm-hmm. in one game by Embiid. He's no no rim defender. I mean, Greg Monroe's okay, but they really don't have a, a great rebounder slash rim defender. And neither is Cleveland. So both those teams are kind of in the same boat right mm-hmm. there, which I think really really favors Cleveland because yeah. I felt like they would struggle hard with stopping Embiid and I felt like they should have too with Valanciunas but apparently Valanciunas can't make a layup mm-hmm. watch yeah. them miss three in that first game is just believe that. yeah the Raptors are the laughing stock of the league right now but I definitely think that favors the Cavs I mean the Cavs defense has stepped up a lot J.R. Smith has found his game again and he, mm-hmm. him and Corver hitting three pointers like they're both shooting over 40% from the field so I mean I definitely think that Cleveland's gonna there'll, there'll be a slow pace game mm-hmm. both teams shooting lots of threes both teams trying to trying to force turnovers and the Celtics and Cavs both struggle there so I mean I feel like I mean sorry the Cavs struggle there so I mean that gives the Celtics a favor but I definitely think it's going to be a good series I'm excited to see what happens yeah for sure um, I think 
that the biggest thing is the rim protector. Like you said, I remember two years ago when the Warriors still had Bogut and LeBron kind of was struggling to score at the hole, in the hole because, you know, he had to go up there and, you know, can get a shot contested by Bogut. And then Bogut got hurt. Yeah. And then he kind of started – we started seeing more production from him scoring-wise. So I think, you know, the Celtics not having a rim protector, the biggest guy they got down there is Al Horford. He's, you know, yeah. not the biggest five out there. Yeah, and he's yeah. not a, not any kind of shot blocker. Yeah, he's not exactly. That. So I think LeBron's going to get to the basket. You know, they're going to spread it out with guys like Smith in the corner, Corver, and you know, I think they're just going to it's going to be depending on how the supporting cast plays. Yeah, I also think Horford will do a good job of getting Tristan Thompson out there on the perimeter, and we know Tristan Thompson is not a skilled def- rim or uh, perimeter defender at all. So I think no. you watch him try a lot of those James Harden pump fake, mm-hmm. get him jump yeah. into him threes yeah. and stuff like that. So Cavs definitely are not favored there with that at all. But well, who you got? this series. I got the Cavs in six, like you. Yeah, Cavs in six, I think, is the pick. That's what we're going with, but let's move on from there now, and let's talk a little Braves baseball. So, the Braves guys have been having a great season. We just came off a sweep of the Rays, and we're headed back to uh, the ATL next week. It's going to be, I'm excited for the homestay, and I work down there, so ready to watch some Braves Marlins and Braves uh, Cubs action, but let's get down to it. So, I mean, these Braves have these young studs, man. I mean, we haven't seen anything like it. It's our first time being first place in the NL East in four years, and Dan Dansby Acuna and Albez are all killing the ball. Ozzy's a guy who's uh, he was leading the MLB at one point in time in home runs. Him and Acuna are the youngest duo in the MLB, the two youngest players. And Acuna in 13 games hitting uh, 302 with two home runs, six RBIs. Dansby's hitting 289, two home runs, 13 RBIs. And Albez is hitting 283 with 10 home runs and 24 RBIs. And then we can't forget about the young stud pitcher uh, Soroka. He just got called up. He's had two starts so far. He did good in the first start, giving up. Game, yeah, good. giving up. I think he had no earned runs first game, but that second game he had a little, a little rough pass. Yeah, definitely a little rush pass. She's got a four uh, fifty ERA right now, eight strikeouts, one and one record. But look for that to keep going down. I mean, what do you think about this team? Yeah, it's honestly we're just going to see how these young guys keep playing. You know, can they keep it up? I know they're new to the league, so pitchers aren't you know used to facing these kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So it's honestly just going to be how they keep playing. You know. Like you said, Albies, Acuna, Dansby playing strong. Obviously, all-star Freddie Freeman, first baseman. Um, it's just going to be how how well they can hit down the road, I think. you know, I think they can keep it up. I think this is an excited young team, and they're, they're ready to uh, get some wins. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there, and it's weird, too. I mean, we got Freddie Freeman, who's, I think, a bona fide superstar mm-hmm. in the MLB. He's kind of slept on there, but Nick Markakis is actually having a great season. Mm-hmm. He's hit eight home runs. He's hitting three thirty-eight. He's actually has he's third in the NL in war, believe it or not, wow. wins above replacement. So, I mean, I was not expecting that from Markakis at all. He's having a great season. I think he's second in the NL in batting average. So, I mean, he's killing the ball right now. So, I mean, you love seeing it coming from the young guys and the old guys, but like you said, I kind of agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see if these guys fall off or not. I mean, Dansby's on the 10-day DL right now, but we got Camargo, the young stud in there. I mean, Preston Tucker. This Braves team's kind of stacked up with mm-hmm. young talent across the board, which is what you love to see. One guy goes out. I mean, we just threw Joey Bats in the order, so I mean, there's another older bat in the lineup. Tyler Flowers is finally healthy, but Kirk Suzuki's been killing the ball, so I don't really know what Flowers can do. I think, like, we're an ace away from being a big contender, but going back to the young guys staying consistent, I personally don't think Acuna will have any fall-off this season. Mm-hmm. I think Dansby will towards the end of the season, but I think he'll pick it up again next season and have that finally that all-star year because, I mean, Dansby's already good in the field, but Acuna's compared to Andrew Jones, and when Andrew mm-hmm. Jones came up, he absolutely tore up the MLB, so I feel like he's going to do the same thing once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's an exciting young player. I, I mean, it's crazy to me how he's 
out there doing what he's doing right now, and he's the same age as me, twenty years old. I'm pretty sure he's younger than you. Yeah, that's and he got to the he got to the big leagues pretty quick, and you know. I, I, what I'm going to go back to with the Braves is their pitching. I think, you know, if Tehran, Fulte can stay healthy, if Soroka, you know, can keep up what he's doing. Still got McCarthy there, right? He's yeah. In the, he's in the rotation still. I think the pitching is going to be the biggest thing. I think they are going to consistently hit the ball this year. Yeah. And then I don't know about their bullpen, though. That's what's that's yeah. what making me a little bit nervous, too, as a Braves fan. Um this guy, you know, the closing spot, you know, he, he kind of seems a little iffy at times. Yeah, he is some shaky stretches yeah. for sure. I just remember two nights ago when they were playing in Tampa, you know, they had that 1-0 lead, and he had got a good uh, – get some help from Albies making that leaping grab yeah. and turning that quick uh, double play. But we'll see. I think, you know, the young guys, I think they will keep it consistent. Like you said, I could definitely see Dansby having a fall off just because, you know, last year we didn't – we weren't even sure if Dansby was going to have a good year this year. We were a little worried yeah, about couldn't hit his weight last could, year. Yeah, he could not. He, he was struggling. I mean, he was making errors, and he, I think he was just nervous as a rookie. But I think, you know, he could have a fall off. Albies, I think Albies is going to keep it going, too. I mean, he had – Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat the other day that said he had the most uh, extra base hits in the month of April. Yeah, broke, I saw that, too. Broke that record. So, I think if he if he can keep it up, you know, the young guys keep it up, Nick Martakis, Freddie, Flowers, all them, they can keep hitting. I think, you know, we're looking at a team who can get a wild card spot for sure. Oh, yeah. I think they can win the division, honestly. Mm-hmm. The Nationals are struggling, mm-hmm. but, I mean, they got Scherzer and they got Strasburg and Gio Gonzalez, no jokey. Yeah. They're a row arc. I mean, that's a decent rotation. Mm-hmm. Nationals bullpen's always trash. It's a classic Nationals. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you there, though. I feel like the Braves need to keep it up. I, right now, if we keep playing this way, I think we can make the playoffs. I'd love to see us trade for another pitcher. The other thing keep your eye out for there is how many times Albez's helmet's going to fall off this yeah, season. Yeah. If there's a stat for that, I guarantee you he will break the record. If you could bet on that every night, I would definitely take the over every single yeah, time. For sure, for sure. Anytime he makes, anytime he hits the ball, helmet's off instantly. Well, yeah, but you know when that's, the helmet's coming off, you know, he's, you know, he's running as hard as he can, so I love that about him. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a, too fast. The helmet can't keep up. Yeah, the helmet can't keep up with him, for sure. But yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if the I don't know if the Mets will pick it back up. I know they kind of started strong. They kind of yeah. fell off a little bit, but I think they have the pitching. I know that you know Harvey was a mess. Yeah, and, you know I don't even know what's going on with him, but they they still got guys like Syndergaard and you know they they got a decent little yeah, lineup. Degrom went yeah, to the ten day DL. Yeah, Degrom hurt kind of hurts a little bit, but I'm sure he'll come back. You know, yeah. I think that's going to be a close race on the NL East. But if the Braves can't get you know the division, I definitely think they're in a good position to get the wild card for sure. Oh yeah. No, for sure. I definitely agree with you there. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. We got lots of big home series coming up here, but let's keep the topic here on young talent. Let's go to the Browns as our last topic for today. And can they make the playoffs next year? What are you thinking here? Uh, I, I just don't. I don't see it yet exactly. I mean, we're, t- we're still talking about a team who's had one win in the past two seasons combined. I mean, what is that, one in 32? Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous how you know, terrible they've been. I'm I'm excited to see, you know, they've made some good moves in the offseason. They gotta like we'll see how Baker turns out. I know we're about to talk about Baker here in a little bit and guys like Chubb, but you know, can Tyrod Taylor, who I think, you know, will be starting at the beginning of the season, can he you know can he take them any further than, you know, they have been in years past. I think he can. I think they're going to get a couple wins, but I still don't. I think they're going to be falling short of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I don't see the playoffs in the Browns' future this season. That division's pretty good. 
The Ravens almost made the playoffs. You got the Steelers, who, I mean, we know what they did with that high-powered offense and everything they have. But my biggest thing for Tyrod Taylor is, I mean, yeah, you got these weapons around him. David Njoku's a nice tight end. Tyrod Taylor loves throwing the tight end. His leading receiver, or his tight end's been either the leading receiver or top two. All three years, he was a starting QB in Buffalo. Um, he's His leading receivers, though, last season were LaShawn McCoy and Charles Clay, which is his tight end right there. He only has one receiver with a thousand yard season in Sammy Watkins in 2015. But I will say this, he hasn't had the receiving core like he has now, but I mean, Tyrod's the kind of guy, he's not a high risk quarterback. Like he rarely ever throws interceptions. There's a stat I saw the other day where he only threw, he threw like the second least amount of interceptions over the last three years, playing 75% of the games or more. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of picks at all, but I just feel like that Tyrod can't get it done right there with quarterbacks. I mean, that brings up the question, when will Baker take over? I personally think the Browns will – I think the Browns will have a decent start to the season. I'm not sure what their schedule looks like. I feel like they might be able to win a game or two, like, right off the bat. But then after that, I think they'll have, like, a two, three-game stretch where they'll lose games. So, I mean, I say around, like, week five or six that the Browns will probably end up losing their first game. They, actually, they open the season versus the Steelers at the Saints, then versus the Jets. So, I mean, that might be a one in – uh, one and two start. If they lose that game, the Jets. I feel like we'll see at the Raiders the following week. The mm-hmm. ba- beginning of Baker Mayfield. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking. You know, I think Tyrod's going to struggle in the first couple games. I mean, we haven't seen him like you said. We haven't really seen him do much in years past. And he's going to Cleveland, which you know has been just a terrible, terrible place yeah. for football. And I don't know. I think we'll see Baker probably around game five or six. I think it's going to take some time. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Baker will be starting at the beginning of the year. I know that, you know, there's a lot of hype around him and people are excited. Cleveland's buzzing to see Baker play, but I think it's going to be kind of the same situation as Johnny Manziel, you know, kind of like they give him some time to come in and, you know, get adjusted and used to things. I'm not saying Baker's going to be Johnny Manziel. I think he's a much, you know, stronger and, stronger world person and better guy off the field but you know we'll see what happens with Baker I think I think he'll uh, come in and have a little bit of success we'll see in the first year yeah no I think it's a complete insult to even put Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield in the same sentence together (laughs) unless it's Baker Mayfield's 20 times better than Johnny Manziel I mean Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield's a two-time walk-on like this guy's worked for everything he's got in his life nothing's been handed to him Manziel grew up a rich kid like I don't know what Baker's background is but I know he's a two-time walk-on so he obviously works harder than everyone out there yeah he's done some dumb stuff in the past but I mean we've all been in college before and Mm -hmm. done dumb stuff I don't think you can hold that over his head it's just some people get away with doing dumb stuff in college some people don't I mean look at Cam Newton he got kicked out of Florida and went to Auburn and now he's all world and you don't hear us hanging that over his head so I think that's unfair to do that to Baker he's not even close to him but looking at things from the defensive side of things this is where the Browns have to be better so the Browns are 31st in the NFL in interceptions and 23rd in fumbles recovered they were like middle of the pack in fumbles forced and they were on more to the bottom side in sacks but I mean this defense has to be better you got to get teams off the field you got to get turnovers turnovers are the key Almost every team who goes deep in the playoffs gets a lot of turnovers, like the Eagles, like the Falcons that year. We made a deep run. Almost every team who makes the playoffs gets lots of turnovers, and I'm not seeing that yet from the Browns. But, I mean, this is a good young defense. They just added Denzel Ward. I mean, Miles Garrett, we're about to see what he can do. He's going to be an animal off the edge. Uh, They got Demarius Randall in from the Packers back there at safety, and they have Jamie Collins, the veteran. So, I mean, this defense is not bad at all. So, I really think this defense will be a lot better this year and force some more turnovers. I want to see Jabril Peppers step yeah. up if he could develop a little bit more this season it could be scary yeah they, they definitely have the tools you know to be successful but 
are they, you know, are they going to use them? And is it, is it going to work out in the end? I, I think, you know, like I said, we can see them at the end of the year sitting at a six, seven wins. I think that would be a successful se- season for them. Yeah. Considering, you know, they haven't won that many games in the last six years, probably. Um, so I think, yeah, they'll come out and fall short of the playoffs. But, you know, six and ten, seven and nine, somewhere along those lines, I think that that'd be a good start for Cleveland. And, you know, they can kind of build after this year and maybe – potentially uh, be in the playoffs next year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think two years is when they'll be in the playoffs. I think I feel like Baker Mayfield will definitely go through his mm-hmm. struggles and he'll mm-hmm. get knocked oh, around and sure. we'll hear people saying, oh, Baker Mayfield's a bust mm-hmm. and all that yeah. jumping to conclusion too soon. I mean, like, look at the jump Jared Goff made. I think Trubisky's about to make that same jump, mm-hmm. but I think Baker Mayfield will win it like four or five games as the starter and I mm-hmm. think he'll figure out what he's doing in the NFL and the next season will be really good. I mean, Tyrod's a good guy to kind of teach him. I mean, Tyrod's a really conservative quarterback. He just can't make the big play. That's what separates I feel like that's what separates the good quarterbacks from the great ones is Tyrod just can't make that next play can't make that big play and Baker can make that big play so I feel like Tyrod can teach him how to read defenses how to be conservative how to run things in the NFL I mean they got a stable of backs with uh, Chubb um, Carlos Heidi they just signed a big deal and Duke Johnson who's kind of the scat back I mean we know they have Landry and uh, Josh Gordon out on the edge kind of like Higgins too I mean he was a sleeper at Colorado State he led the NCAA in receiving so I mean, he's kind of slept on to Rashad Higgins. So, I mean, it's a good young offense. They got a decent offensive line as well. Yeah. Losing Joe Tom's definitely a big blow. But excited to see what the Browns can do next season. But we'll end, we'll call quits there for today. Kobe, I appreciate having you on again. Appreciate being here again. It was a good show. Thanks for inviting me again. Hey, no problem. We'll, we'll run it again next week. And until then, we'll see y'all. I got him on the 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 home and I ran with the dinosaurs. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fitness store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Gotta watch my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't keep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the paps. Keep an army bitch my lap.